Welcome to Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast featuring stories and information about the largest food co-op in Arkansas. Based in Fayetteville and serving all of Northwest Arkansas, the co-op has been around for 50 plus years, providing community and encouraging a love of food that is good for us and our planet. Learn our history and standards of quality. Meet our co-op members, employees, and vendors, and understand why being locally focused is vital to our food, products, and economy. The co-op has leveraged cooperative economics here in Northwest Arkansas to bring the freshest and the best food to our whole community. Listen to Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast today to learn why. Welcome to the Ozark Natural Foods Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we have a great episode in store for you today. We are sitting down with Krista Cloud, who is one of the owners of Natural State Beverage Company. Krista, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. So so thanks so much for coming on and agreeing to be a part of this inaugural podcast for the co-op. And we're, we're excited. I would love for you just to kind of tell our audience just a little bit about yourself and how you got connected with the co-op. Sure. So my husband and I lived in southwest Missouri for about 12 years. And we've been mountain biking and climbing in Arkansas for about that same amount of time. Two years ago, we decided to make the move, sell our property, which was 60 acres, and put it all into a business. And we make kombucha and natural soda. One of the things that has really been a passion of mine is connecting with the community. So when I lived in Missouri, I actually volunteered at the farmer's market in Webb City, and I loved that. So it was kind of a natural thing for me when I started my own business to, you know, reach out and become a vendor with ONF. So yeah, that's where I started. Oh, I love that. And so you and we were talking um, before we started recording about just some of the similarities of a a farmer's market and a co-op. Yeah. Yeah. So with the farmer's market, you know, I volunteered there. The beautiful thing was not only just like seeing the community come out and be at the farmer's market, but also connecting with these farmers who are bringing their produce in. You know, I'd actually go out and do inspections on the farm, get to see their home, see how they're farming, and then see them at the market as well. So that connection with my food was really important. And so I see the same thing with the vendors at ONF. You know, I know several of the vendors in there, and I can actually go in, drop off my sodas and kombucha at ONF and then turn around and be a consumer and go support the local vendors by picking out my favorite produce or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool because I don't know what it is, but it it just makes the whole food buying process a lot more intimate Mm -hmm. just because you know the people, right? Like I can think of like Bainsley Berkshire Ridge and several of the other local suppliers that supply the co-op and just the fact that you know these individuals, like I have a buddy that does tea and I know him and he provides tea to the co-op. And so uh, shout out to Ashami Teas, Teas. And I mean, just having that connection, you're like one step removed from the people that create all of these great products that, that are in the co-op. Exactly. Yeah. That's we also did the farmer's market as natural state this past summer. So every Saturday this past summer, we're showing up on the square 
my husband and I, the other owner of Natural State, and we're actually giving out samples and talking about our company. And I think it still is fun to be like, you know, people ask, well, do you make this? And we're like, yeah, we are the owners. We <laughs> actually start with the raw ingredients. We put it into the cans, we can it, and then we distribute it as well. So from the beginning to the end, you know, now you have a face. Yeah. 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 I love that. So, I mean, going from a 60 acre farm to running a beverage company, what was that like? Because I mean, was it a baptism by fire? What was that experience like? <laughs> so with a 60 acre farm, it was definitely more of a hobby farm. So we purchased 30 acres in Mount Vernon, Missouri, and it was originally an Amish farm. So it had the Amish barns and the Amish house. And so we went in and we definitely made it what they call English and made it to our standards, heating everything else. And we ran several horses out there and then let farmers lease out the property. But there's a lot of maintenance that goes with any farm. You have the fencing and, you know, tree lines and everything else that goes with the maintenance of a farm. And that was just a hobby farm. Oh, okay. And um, so the transition to owning my own business, there's still a lot of the day to day, the grueling work of just owning anything, you know? Yeah. So I'd say that it's similar in that we're used to working every day, but there's definitely differences too. I salute all the farmers out there because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and I know somebody listening to this might be interested in starting their own business. What was it? What was it specifically about kombucha and beverages that you said, you know what, that's what we're going to do? Because it sounds like you probably could have done a number of different enterprises, but you chose beverage, a beverage business as that. So, yeah, know. absolutely. So let me back up a little bit. So my husband and I are also bikers. So we're in the biking community and we're also climbers. So two years ago, we thought we'd venture into the experience part of businesses and we actually hosted a bikepacking event. And we wanted a very grassroots approach to it because that's what we value. And at the time I was making kombucha for my family and we don't really drink alcohol. So we were also making ginger sodas. So we actually just like took out some kegs in our old cooler out into the woods and served kombucha and ginger soda to these participants. And then sure. the feedback was just astounding. They're like, you made this? And we're like, yeah, we made this. <laughs> and they're like, do you sell this? And we're like, no, should we? And they're like, yeah. And so that was like our first step into, we loved hosting an event, but we we're like, oh, people want this, sure. you know? And people want that connection of a small business of, I know you, yeah. you made this and it's good quality product. So that's where we're kind of like, okay, we could do something with this. And especially with Northwest, Northwest Arkansas, you know, like we contemplated starting where we were in Missouri, but decided that the community and where we really wanted to be was here. Okay, um, It matched our lifestyle and yeah, it just was a really great fit. Now, I mean, well, first of all, I'm glad you're here. I mean, biking is king here in Northwest Arkansas. It's <laughs> uh -huh. its own, it's its own category. I mean, we've had, I was involved with a, a bunch of folks that there were minority mountain bikers that came here. I think there were a hundred people from all over the United States that descended upon Northwest Arkansas. That's how big of a deal biking is here in Northwest Arkansas. And I think they're coming back again next year with like 200 people. So That's incredible. yeah, it's huge. And I just heard recently that one of the largest gravel events, gravel ride events is about, it's going to happen here in Northwest Arkansas before the international competition. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of folks that you run into on a regular basis that are just out there on the, on the greenways, they're on the trails, just riding around. And so I'd like to think here in Northwest Arkansas, we have, you know, a culture of, you know, outdoor experience and outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. And, and that, 
outdoor experience and outdoor activities kind of melds nicely with the co-op model of, you know, only taking in the best of the best in terms of food, in terms of products for your body. And I think that that makes a huge difference in this, it's specifically in this local community. Absolutely. We all seem to have similar values right. because of that environment. Yeah. yeah. So you told me a little bit of a story that um, one of the things that you enjoy about working with the co-op as a vendor, before you tell that story, how did your relationship with the co-op just start? I mean, did, did you just one day just show up? And because, I mean, there might be people listening to this that want to be a vendor with the co-op. But I mean, how did that initially start? So we moved here. So I didn't just come here and like immediately start my business. I came here and integrated myself in with the community. So I became a local shopper there going in and seeing the layout, seeing the staff and decided that was a place that I wanted my brand to be in. Um, so when I did make that, make that decision, I actually reached out and even showed up and introduced myself to the staff and was just like, hey, I want to be in here is basically what it was. It was a pretty seamless like introduction for our products into yeah. the store. At the time, my buyer was Davey and he was really amazing. You know, as I was like, so what do you need me to do? And he's like, well, you can bring it in if you want to stock it, you can. And I was like, this is so cool. Like to be able to like come in through the back and bring in my product and then like stock it on the shelves and like move the can so they're forward facing. There was a lot of pride that went in with sure. that and ownership, you know, right. um, and there's some of that goes missing in some of your larger companies, you know, like I'm actually going in as the owner, bringing in my product, putting it on the shelf. Like that was just really cool to me. Yeah. And yeah, so I come in, I stay, say hi to the staff, you know, I see similar faces every time. How are you doing? You know, like, have you eaten your breakfast yet? I know you're always hungry. Have you eaten yet? You know, like, so I don't know. There's just like that rapport that I have with a lot of my vendors here locally, but definitely with the ONF staff. Like I like coming in and knowing the same faces. Yeah, I love it. And then you also mentioned that a lot of times you'll come in and do double duty. You not only will come in and drop off some products, but you'll also get some shopping done. Yeah, yeah. So I'll make my grocery list for the weeks that I know that I'm coming in. I'll pull into the back. I'll drop off my product, hand my packing slip, move my truck to the front, turn around, go from vendor, put on my consumer face, grab my bags <laughs> and go in and do my grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. So what overall has been your your viewpoint or vantage point of understanding the co-op and the co-op model as a whole. I mean, how has that, what has that meant for you? Well, the co-op seems to be the only place that really lifts up some of our local um, vendors, farms in the area. Without you guys, I'm not sure where else those farmers would go. So seeing that has been huge to me. Um, it's made a difference in, you know, like if I need to go shopping, I might put it off until I go to ONF to support you know, some of my close friends, the lines, you know, like I want to pick up their bag of microgreens or whatever. Like yeah. that's made a difference to me because I see how ONF values their vendors. And I also want to support that as well. Yeah. The lines have been longstanding producers and providers to the co-op. I mean, for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we talk, we've talked about actually on this podcast and just in general is a simple fact that, you know, you have a couple of generations of farmers that have supplied the co-op and continue to do so. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, maybe you had a grandfather that was doing it now, and then their child did it, and now their grandkids are doing it. And so I think that's kind of cool, right? And that's that legacy that exists, but it's all centered around, you know, good, high quality food. Right. 
makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing that support for our farmers is just huge. And I want to support that too. So that's where I'm going to put my money. Yeah. And so there's something to be said with buying local, you know, as a local vendor, not only am I, you know, benefiting for myself, but also that gives me more incentive to support other local businesses in the area. Yeah. How fertile would you say is the entrepreneurial environment here in Northwest Arkansas? Oh, it's huge. (laughs) We didn't really get to take advantage of everything that's in this area. But every time I turn around, there's like, there's just so many, you know, there's startup junkie, there's funds and grants. And I have other friends that are entrepreneurs that are just getting into the game. And there's a lot of different support systems and not just like Bentonville, Fayetteville, but Rogers, Springdale. There seems to be something going on in each of those towns to support local businesses and new entrepreneurs. And I would say coming into it, I thought it was really interesting. I had a lot of support from the breweries. Um, Bike Rack was a huge supporter of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Finding used equipment. The owner of Airship, Mark, was really helpful. And it was just kind of cool. Like all we had to be, you know, was mentioned that we're interested in. They're like, oh, well, let us help you find some used equipment. Let us help you find some space. Like jumping into the business community was amazing. There's so much support. You know, that's an overarching theme that I think you find in Northwest Arkansas. And it's just that whole idea of just people helping each other out and Mm -hmm. and not creating these divisions or silos, if you will. And one of the things that I think the co-op represents is the fact that, you know, it isn't, they aren't siloed. Things are, it's just like, hey, we want to create opportunities for more and more local producers to provide their wares, to provide their food so that everybody in this community can benefit from it. And I think that's kind of cool. So, yeah. So I want to share something with you. And this is something that I've been sharing in multiple podcast episodes. And I'm going to read something to you and I want to ask you what it means to you. So standards of quality. We evaluate every product that the co-op sells with your health in mind. We stand behind the principle of not carrying genetically modified foods in the store. And that means that all products sold at Ozark Natural Foods are free of artificial preservatives, artificial colors, artificial flavors, artificial sweeteners, chemical additives, added MSG, non-irradiated food, organically grown and locally sourced whenever possible. That's a high bar. It really is. What does that represent to you? Well, both as a consumer and as a vendor and supplier to the co-op. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from the consumer standpoint, it's reassuring to know that, you know, this store is already doing the hard work for me. They're already filtering out, you know, and having a higher value for those products that are going to be easier. So it makes me makes it easier for me as a consumer, walk in, look at the shelf and be like, okay, I know this has already been, you know, looked at by ONF. This is going to be the product that I want to take home for my family. As a business owner, Natural State Beverage also values the same thing. All of our sodas and our kombuchas are made with natural flavors, no artificial preservatives or coloring or anything else. So that was a value to us. So it was an easy match when it came to being a vendor for ONF. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the drink industry is huge. It really is. And, you know, there are a lot of, I've heard a lot of stories like GT's kombucha and others about how they you know, kind of turn the corners. And I know Kavita was purchased by Pepsi, I think. And so, you you know, there is there's this whole movement to healthy beverages. And I personally prefer natural sodas over, but I haven't had your ginger soda, so I'm going to have to definitely oh, try yeah. that. It's one of our best ones. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to try that. But I am a huge kombucha fan. Would you kind of talk about just the benefits of kombucha? Because I think a lot of people don't understand it. And, you know, you talk about probiotics, 
gut health is really important nowadays, more so than ever before. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, nobody ever talked about the word gut unless they said, hey, your gut's getting big. Now it's like, well, do you have a leaky gut or do you want a healthy gut? I mean, so there's all this talk around it, right? And right. for a lot of people, I don't think they realize that, you know, scientists and doctors have said that your gut really is your second brain. Mm-hmm. And it's important to take good care of it because a lot of the maladies and health issues that we struggle from, a lot of them actually emanate in the gut. So kombucha is one of those natural products that affords you an ability to reintroduce healthy gut bacteria. And so I'd, I'd love for you maybe to, to talk about that. How much research did you go into to understand that and to see the benefits of it? Right. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So our family went plant-based probably seven years ago. This was just oh, a personal okay. choice. And at the time I was looking at, you know, all the nutrients I needed to add to my diet. And one of those were some of the B vitamins. And I found that kombucha actually has naturally occurring B vitamins, including right. B12. And of course, as you go down this path of paying attention to what you put in your body, I was also becoming more and more aware of my gut health and fermented foods. So for those of you that don't know, I do a lot of this when I work at the farmer's market, educating consumers on what kombucha is. Kombucha is a fermented tea. It has been around for centuries. It first originated, the first records they found were in northern China, and they also used it as more of a medicinal, food as medicine sort of approach. So the tea is fermented with something called a SCOBY. Looks really weird. Don't Google it. Yes. You're turned off by uh, images, but it's a living organism. And so it actually takes the the caffeine from the tea and the sugar that we add and it eats it. And as it's eating, it's fermenting this tea into a healthy drink. So the fermentation process turns that tea and ferments it and it creates the B vitamins and also naturally occurring probiotics. Probiotics are essential to building gut health as well as prebiotics, but probiotics is what we're talking about with this one. And our gut health is linked from everything to our emotions and how our body absorbs nutrients and minerals and everything else. So right now, especially with cold season and everything happening, right now is a great time to boost all of your gut health. Yeah, no, yeah. Abso- absolutely. I mean, that was a that was a great little uh, lesson on the importance of gut health and and you know why kombucha is a it could be a drink of choice, right? Mm-hmm. What flavors do you guys make your kombuchas in? So currently we have two. We have a strawberry herbal kombucha. Herbal kombucha, instead of being brewed with a black tea, is brewed with a stinging nettle, lavender, and hibiscus. And then it's flavored with strawberry. It's a great uh, introductory kombucha. It tends to not have a very strong vinegary flavor. For those of you that struggle with kombucha, this is a great opportunity for you guys to try something different. Yeah. Our second flavor is our mango pineapple it is a crowd pleaser. Yeah. So, yeah. I have to try that out too, mango pineapple. Yeah, I love mango and um, pineapple is also one of my favorite fruits. So Yeah. And then be on the lookout. Um, I haven't announced this anywhere, but we are working on another flavor. It's going to be a cherry vanilla. Ooh. Um, okay. So, yeah, here in the next couple of months, we'll be launching another one. We might have another couple other ingredients in there, but I'm not going to share those. But that's yeah. what I'll tell you for now. Is, is it hard to develop a flavor for a kombucha? Not necessarily. We'll go back to all the flavors in general because all of our flavors, including the soda flavors, start in our kitchen. So we start with real ingredients in our kitchen and with our kids and we sit down and we test small amounts. And then from there, once we figure out, you know, let's say we just start with a cup 
of, you know, the soda or the kombucha and we flavor it to how we want. Then we scale up and that scale up process can sometimes alter the recipes a little bit there. So there's a lot of trial and error. And with kombucha, you know, the fermentation process takes anywhere from two weeks to four weeks. So then always having enough product to keep testing can sometimes be time consuming. It's not difficult, but everybody has a different palate. So for instance, this new flavor, you know, I've launched out and I keep passing out to friends to get feedback because some people will be like, oh, I can really taste, you know, the cherry in this or maybe not enough vanilla or what have you. Mm -hmm. So coming to a happy medium with that. Also, I can drink raw kombucha, no problem. So my palate is very different from somebody than who doesn't drink kombucha that often. So the hardest part is finding something across the board that people enjoy. You're not going to please everybody and that's okay too. That is a challenge sometimes, but you know, if you ever need a taste tester, I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm happy to to give you my unvarnished opinion about things. I will keep you you in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love fermented foods. I mean, kimchi. I mean, you name it. I mean, anything that's fermented, I'm I'm there for it. So yeah, yeah. It's it's just a nut, and and especially when you can find so many different fermented items nowadays. And sauerkraut's one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. yeah, O and F has this. I can't remember the brand, but it's there's like a purple cabbage pickled something something, and it I know tastes what you're like talking candy. About. Yeah, I you know can what just you're eat it about. right out of the jar, and right. I'm like, this is this should not be what it is. And it's pretty to look at too. I it mean, is it, when you look at it in the jar, it looks amazing, and I just can't think of the name of it, but I I can see it on the shelf. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, so no, I love that. So what is your your hope for the future in terms of your relationship with the co-op and and just in general for natural state beverage? Yeah, I hope to continue working with the co-op. We seem to have a good relationship. Our product moves, you know, anytime that I'm at the farmer's market and consumers want to know where they can buy it because we are only wholesale unless we're at the market. I typically send them here um, to ONF just because we want to keep supporting you guys. So and having a local grocer who carries it is really helpful. So with Natural State, we're excited right now. We're the only local kombucha company and also, to my knowledge, the only local soda company in Northwest Arkansas. So our hope is that we will continue saturating the market. We want to be your go-to for a soda, your go-to for a kombucha, you know, support local. Yeah. Now, what kind of sugar do you use in your sodas? We use white sugar. White uh, sugar. We believe that's the easiest that your body can process and sure. it keeps from altering the taste of your other natural ingredients. Okay. So not cane sugar. No. No. Okay. All yeah. right. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I've noticed that actually even a lot of fast food places have started taking out some of the old school sodas and putting in more natural based sodas. And there's one that comes to mind and I can't think of the name of it, but they... They have a, a bunch of different flavors and, and their sodas are actually pretty good. But mm-hmm. I know places like Kava and, and a few others that are carrying natural based sodas as opposed to like your Pepsis, your Cokes and, and Sunkist and things like that, that, that are all just like hyper intensely uh, sugary. And, and so, I mean, if you're going to drink a soda, you might as well drink a natural soda, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. With real ingredients. So when you go to try that ginger soda, let me know, but it's made with we just brewed up a batch yesterday, just like all real ginger. We spent up hours cutting it up yesterday and yeah. then brewing it. And it smells so good. It, there's a difference when you consume a product with the least amount of processing and real ingredients. Sure. There's a difference. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I would imagine even for those out there that that like a, a drink or two, that they probably are really good mixers as well. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Yes. So, yes. You know, the, so. the ginger soda is a very good mixer. It stands alone great, but you could put anything in it. It's yes. Amazing. Hello, Jack Daniels. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> that's awesome. I did want to mention our black elderberry soda is actually we partnered with, well, we didn't partner, but we work with a farm out of Missouri called Elder Farms and we use their elderberry immune syrup. I believe ONF carries some of their immune syrup as well. But when I was talking to him and telling him my plan prior to starting Natural State, he's like, wow, like that's a great idea. Back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, every town had their own small soda company. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I love this concept of you guys bringing this back. And so that's kind of our hope is like just kind of taking over this area and being your go-to soda company. Well, I mean, I think it's wholly appropriate. And especially if you can tie in the, you know, just the outdoor active individual here in Northwest Arkansas and Mm kind of, you know, kind of bridge the gap of those two. I think that's very cool. And I think more people should look into it and try it out. But I certainly want to encourage them to come down to the co-op and find the natural state beverage sodas. I believe in the back, if you enter into the co-op and go straight back to the back wall there just past the tap room is where all the kombuchas are. Mm -hmm. And then are your sodas in that same section as well? They are. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's where all the healthy drinks are. So, but I think every drink, most of the drinks at ONF are healthy. So you can find just about anything that you'd like right there. So uh, I would encourage you to take a, a closer look at that. So, well, Krista, this has been great. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule just to sit down with us and, and share your journey with Natural State Beverage and how that, you know, lines up with uh, just your experiences at the co-op. Do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share for our listeners, especially people that are not maybe as familiar with the co-op and why they should, you know, shop there? They don't necessarily have to become a member, but membership does have its privileges. It really does. So, but I'd love for you just to share your last thoughts. Just my last imparting thought, especially with the holiday season, is just when you're supporting local, you're not just supporting a business, you're supporting a community. Yeah. So when you're pouring back into your community, that's just going to give back tenfold. So um, support coming to the co-op and try something new, you know? Yeah. You're going to see a lot of different options, whether it's the produce or the beverages with some other local companies. And yeah, give us a try. If you want to follow Natural State Beverage, we have an Instagram page. We're pretty active on there. Send us a message. Let us know what you think. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. So yeah, please take time out to check out Natural State Beverage on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then of course, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, Krista, what is there an email or a, a way to connect with you or website? We have a webpage. They can okay. go to our website, naturalstatebeverageCompany.com and okay. send us a message there. Okay. Yeah. Naturalstatebeverage.com. You heard it here first. Krista Cloud, one of the owners of Natural State Beverage. Thank you so much for joining us on this inaugural Ozark Natural Foods Co-op Podcast. We appreciate it. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Ozark Natural Foods, the Co-op Podcast. Remember, this podcast was developed to highlight a community created more than 50 years ago with a focus on the love of food that is good for us and our planet. We have plenty of stories to tell, so stay tuned for more. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast. Whether you are new to the area and looking for a healthy grocery store, or you've been here for ages but didn't know the whole story about Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op, 
this podcast is one of the best places to start. For more information about the co-op, please visit our website at onf.coop to learn more. That's onf.coop. At Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op, we mean it when we say keeping it local since 1971.